it's Erica. And it's Liana, and this is the Night Guys Podcast. We're here to join you weekly to cover weird and spooky stuff, supernatural, extraterrestrial, cryptid, culted, cult, culted? Mm. <laughs> True crime. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, culted. we'll do Lord. all of this. He's so while... hot right now, culted. Have you seen him? <laughs> mm. Oh, I, would think, I was thinking it was like, you have been culted. I'm thinking it's just some weird, really ultra trendy hipster. Oh, I took that as more of like a verb. That's like their brand. Yeah, that's how hipster they are. Their name's a verb. Do you even culted? Oh my god. Uh, into it. Yes. So we have some exciting things to do today. Well, first, we want to thank one of our listeners. Her name is Grace. She left us a really beautiful, lovely review, and we just, we've really felt touched by it. So, Grace, thank you. You're amazing. We're so happy you listen, and you enjoy it also, plus, and (laughs) you mentioned that it's like, when you listen to us that it's like having a conversation with a friend but <laughs> you're listening but we're friends so don't worry but you can totally message us on social media anytime we are your friends yeah do it can One you write back us. with reviews no you can't Mm-mm. this is how we write back with our mouth that's so stupid it's like i want to tell people thank you and it's like i can't well apple is stupid so there is that but anyway, thank you, Grace. Thank you are you. awesome. Also, we have a new patron that is Ms. Liz Reader. Woo, woo. We love Liz. Thank you, Liz, for joining our church. One of us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> and for one of our other patrons, we're super behind and we forgot because we're dummies. Um, we have to do a shot for Leo. Leo. <laughs> Emilio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Amelie is uh, in parentheses because you're not named that. You're but not that's named how Emilio. I say it in my head. <laughs> so, Leo, you are awesome. You always give us really awesome stories to share, which we love. And you also gave us a topic that we really need to cover. But we haven't yet because we're the worst. But for right now, we're going to do a, che- a toast, several toasts, mm. and a shot. Mm-hmm. I'm so not looking forward to I know. This. I'm looking. I'm just like smelling this, what I believe is a double shot of tequila. You have tequila? Yeah. I have my Pacifico to che- to cheers it. Oh, my God. To chase it. <laughs> I have had one sip of beer. This makes no you sense. Know, wow. You're drinking beer? Yeah. I just realized that after the fact. You said Pacifico. That didn't, well, <laughs> that didn't translate I for me. I realized I have no wine. And there was a beer in the fridge, so I grabbed it. I don't even know where I got this bottle of Bacardi from. I found it in the fridge. I was like, this will (laughs) do. Great. (laughs) I think I have like a mystery bottle of vodka somewhere, like a little tiny one in our house. And it's been moved around from like shelf to shelf. Yeah. It's kind of how I think this guy is. (laughs) <laughs> shots are the worst well Our time together is coming to an end little bottle <laughs> i'm gonna do my toast first and then you can go and then we do our shot no <sighs> okay i don't i don't wanna <laughs> too bad so leo moenus you are if beer were an ocean and i was a duck i'd swim to the bottom to drink my way up but the ocean is not beer, and I'm not a duck. So here's to us. Now let's get fucked up. I'm going to read my one sentence very slowly. <laughs> Make it last longer. 
I need more time. Do it. I need more time. Go. All right, Leo. (laughs) S-O-B. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's to those who wish us well. (laughs) (laughs) Hurry up. I'm smelling tequila. The rest can go to hell. Cheers. Cheers, Leo. Oh, oh, it burns. Oh. <coughs> Whoa. <coughs> okay, gonna drink some beer. I think my mouth Whoa. is on fire. That made my cider taste unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. Okay. Whoa. Ah, my tongue is making Everything is weird burning. feelings. <laughs> well, guys, if you want to <clears throat> if you want to make us do shots, we prefer that you didn't, but you can join our Patreon. And if you join w- one of our tiers, um, I think it's a $5 tier. We'll do a shot. We'll do a bad toast. <laughs> and you get other stuff too. It's great. It's kind of like masochistic right because we actually don't like shots we did it thinking nobody would do it Uh, uh, or you could just join the two dollar tier and you know um just get access to our stuff and get a sticker no i have hiccups (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll go first on to the news on to the news oh wait by the way Uh uh-oh going back to grace if anybody else wants to leave us a five-star review on anything, really, I mean, iTunes for some reason matters, but if you want to leave us a review on your listener, uh, your podcast player of choice, we'd really appreciate it. That would reviews, be so awesome. Reviews Just are lifeblood. Just write, like, um, you guys are awesome. Bigfoot lives. Hashtag Perfect. wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> for real, though, it counts so much, and we kind of suck at asking begging pleading for people it's really weird i feel awkward doing it yeah me too but we'd love it if you like us and express it on some form of player where you listen and we'll even play the glory bell for you or the bell or if you leave a review like find us on twitter or instagram is probably the best or email us um nightguyspod at gmail.com yeah, and I will be happy to send you like a sticker or something fun slash stupid. Just um, reach out. Tell us. Just say hi. Because we appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> or do that. I okay, like Erica. Sorry I interrupted your news. How Please dare continue. you? Please continue. Ha ha. BYU student snags scrotum in gruesome pole vault accident. Ooh, <laughs> oh, God. Snags. I've already been nauseated by my shot and just oh so he apparently needs 18 stitches oh my god that must ruin his, his- dad oh. is a urologist <laughs> and was the one to operate <laughs> normally they don't allow that oh wow. man really is it like a it, i don't they, know they just what? don't they don't want families working on families hmm maybe Weird. well depend depending on where this 
hospital was, I guess, if it's in the middle of nowhere and he's the only well, one. Well, mm. yeah, I, I don't think, I don't know. Let's see. Brigham Young University, pole vaulter, I'm assuming it took place on campus, took great pains to create a TikTok video. <laughs> oh, oh, and it was for TikTok? Even better. So ridiculous. Zach McHorter has leaped into viral fame thanks to a scrotum bashing video he posted on monday on the social media platform i just realized any guy who's listening to us right now is like (laughs) making weird faces (laughs) as of friday afternoon the video had received 3.7 million likes and more than 206 thousand shares the wince inducing video which is oh no which his father filmed last september during what looks like a practice shows him successfully completing a leap only to have the pole hit him right in the testicles (gasps) well so it was an accident i thought he was trying to they kind of like led it up to think like oh he was messing around sounds like he was just practicing that's horrible there's a video they posted it i don't want to see it Twitter. Nope. 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 I don't need to see that. His dad is his coach and also his urologist. (laughs) Quickly stitched up the injury. Wow. I wonder like how quick. Let's see. I had a great jump. It felt so good. It was the best jump of the day. But as he sprung over the bar, the pole recoiled and just got me in the sweet spot. (laughs) It was caught on camera, but not what happened. Uh, after. Ew, I could see right into my scrotum. Oh my god, everyone's freaking out. (laughs) He started screaming to his father, who also happens to be his coach. Oh my god, what is his dad not? He does it all. And that's where the story gets really nutty. Um, (laughs) Nutty. (laughs) (laughs) He took his son back to the office and he sewed him on up. Um, He said, yeah, never been closer with my father until that day. (laughs) I was gonna say, what if his son, like, did some really embarrassing shaving down there? His dad's oh, like, no. what have you done? I guess it would be hurting so bad. You don't care. Well, I know. Um, but then afterward, you know that your dad, like a week down the line, would be like, okay, kid, we got to Or what's weird is it. like when you're not in the heat of the moment and panicked, like, is dad going to take the stitches out? Because that's awkward. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I feel like in the moment when you're panicked and it's an emergency, it's like, do what you got to do. I don't Hopefully care. Hopefully he Just did like dissolvable stop. stitches. So he doesn't Jeez. need to go in there and be like, all right, time to pull your stitches out. <laughs> oh, no. You give him a little cookie at the end. Oh, maybe she'll wafer. A little sucker yeah. for the sucker. Uh, fortunately, as far as I know, there's nothing wrong. Just a scar. We'll find out one day if they function or not. <gasps> That's sad. Like, well, couldn't he just like he, jack off yeah. into a cup and have a doctor be like, <laughs> Yeah, they work. Or mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe his dad. I don't know do how this too. works. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> Dad, please investigate my sperm. <laughs> Thanks. Love you. <laughs> Gross. Um, that kid. That's, he deserves a shame. Yeah. Oh, mm. hi, honey. Okay. My Bye, cat God. has no. She's decided to go from behind my head to my lap. Mm. So if you guys hear purring, that is honey, and I'm not sorry. Um, Okay, our next news, Bobby requested this, and because I didn't have a news, thank you, Bobby, (laughs) for requesting it. Um, Obviously, Eric and I don't like to laugh about when people died, but I have to say, this flat earther guy that decided to rocket himself 5,000, he was attempting to to launch himself 5,000 feet into the air with a homemade rocket and he had a 
a documentary team following him. Yeah, I think. Oh, was I it just, like a uh, Discovery or Science Channel? I don't know. Something. Some like bigger production crew is yeah. following so him. He was in Barstow. His name's Matt. He went by the nickname Mad Mike Hughes. He billed himself as the world's greatest daredevil. And he was trying to do this rocket thing with a steam powered rocket when his parachute failed. Aww. It's really sad. Like. I I hate I mean, that. It drives I felt me nuts. Really sad about it when I read that he died and all of this. Mm-hmm. But then I felt better about it when I read like a quote from him that was saying like he told everybody to live life like running on empty, mm-hmm. like no gas left, like car smoking, like kind of <laughs> style. You know what I mean? Because yeah. then you like did it. And I was like, that's pretty legit, dude. So I guess, you know, clearly he must have known there were risks involved. Oh, he very much did. I just hate that it was like over over flat earth stuff. I, I wish it would have been like, I don't know, anything but Literally that. Literally anything else. Just to do it. Why yeah. does it have to be for that? Just do it to just to do, do it. it because you believe in science. Yeah. I guess the video of it shows it like yeah, hook I'm not really gonna watch hard that. and then like go up and yeah. You can't. I don't think you can see anything. It's just you can see how the rockets like it doesn't go straight. Yeah. The videos on BuzzFeed. This guy, a freelance writer named Justin Chapman uh, shows that the parachute rips off immediately after launch. No. And I guess, yeah. So the poor guy, he, he falls through pictures. the air, crashes to the ground. And this was, again, like I said, in, in Barstow. And it says, when the rocket was nosediving and he didn't release the three other parachutes he had in the rocket, lots of people screamed out and started wailing. Everyone was stunned. I guess it was for um, the Science Channel was chronicling his his attempt for the show called homemade astronauts oh wow so i guess they said that it was always his dream to do this launch and uh science channel was there to chronicle his journey oh man so yeah i guess for a previous launch in 2018 he had reached about 1900 feet and i remember last year he was actually supposed to do this specific launch but something happened where it his rocket was not doing something that it was supposed to be doing. And I guess um, I was reading somewhere in a different article, and I don't see it in this one. Like I was saying how his parachute ripped off. I guess his parachute was too close to the actual rocket itself, and it was rubbing on it, and that was one of their concerns. But he was like, ah, whatever. In 2018, um, Hughes told AP he wanted to do the launch because he believed the Earth was flat. Do I believe the Earth is shaped like a Frisbee? I believe this. Do I know for sure? No. That's why I want to go up into space. On Saturday, a public relations representative disputed Hughes' flat earth beliefs, telling BuzzFeed News that the argument had helped him raise money and that he didn't actually believe it. Mm. We used flat earth as a PR stunt, period. He was a true daredevil uh, for decade- decades before the latest round okay, of rocket missions. I like that. That's better. So <laughs> he used the flat earthers. I actually am now really sad. Now I'm like really into it. I mean, if he went out doing what he liked, which is just crazy ass shit in the name of science then dude that's the best way and he's this is one of his quotes he says people ask me why i do stuff like this basically it's just to convince people that they can do things extraordinary with their lives and maybe it pushes people to do things that they normally wouldn't do with their life and maybe it'll inspire someone else that makes me really sad now at first i was like idiot come on flat flat earth is stupid but since he used the flat earthers for money, I kind of appreciate it a little more now. <laughs> I dig him. Even if he did believe in it, I still dig him. 
I just think it's sad. It is. Especially because he was able to even build something like that. And it was steam powered, which is crazy. Yeah. And it was, that it was that powerful enough to send him up. Yeah, I wonder how high he got. I know he took a camera with him because he wanted to like take pictures of when he was up there. Oh, sad. Oh. Why didn't he just skydive? Mm. I guess it wouldn't be as um, noteworthy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. Well, shall we move on? To Let's our, do it. Our subject at hand. You're a badass, Mike. Yeah. You'll be missed. I'm actually really sad now, knowing that part. Mm-hmm. So, guys, we are talking about national park disappearances. This is something that I've always been super interested in because it's it's tangible. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something that I could investigate and armchair investigators have done. Just to give you guys a little bit of information about our national parks here in the United States, the National Park Services manage about 400 sites in the national park system covering eight, 84.6 million acres or about 3.4% of the U.S. land. Uh, about 79 million acres of this N- is NPS uh I'm just going to call it NPS because it's a lot easier. Uh, stewardship land and the remaining lands are not federally owned, but just managed. So it's it's not all necessarily owned by the Fed, but some of it's just managed because it's just easier to be like, can somebody just look after this stuff? Um, bear in mind, our national parks are, U.S. is very diverse environmentally because we have forests, deserts, plains, caves, mountains, swamps, rivers, lakes, coastline, like you name it, the NPS covers it. And so because it's so diverse and it's so huge, there's a lot of terrain that people can go missing on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the crazy thing about this whole missing people thing, sorry, my cat is wiggling like uncontrollably on my lap. Like I don't, sorry. (laughs) Um, So first we have no idea how many people are missing. Yeah. Very upsetting. It's like just a guess. So outside of the park systems, there's the NamUs or na- name name us, uh, the national like that's the the database that people use for like the unidentified bodies that show up. But there's nothing like that, like a missing persons database or a found bodies database or anything like that for the national park system. And they're yeah. estimating that about 1,600 people per year go missing. But even that number's a guess. Yeah. Um, Which is so crazy. Like, it's really weird. Because that's a, that's a lot of people. It is. I mean, it's there's like a, a lot of people in the U.S., but that's just too many. It's like um, actually a dead zone. Like, a lot of the places <laughs> don't get cell service. But yeah. it's also, like, kind of like a, I don't know, Bermuda Triangle dead zone. Like, mm-hmm. like it is a lot of people. And it's, like, all walks of life people. There's kids. There's people who are older. There's like seasoned people who are mountaineers that mm-hmm. go missing. There's, you know, military people, average Joes. It's like, it's <laughs> people, crazy. People that travel in groups lose somebody from their group and they just disappear forever. And it's like, yeah. how is this possible? I, I really can't make heads or tails of it. I know mm. like people have accidents and people get lost, especially with kids. Um, I mean, obviously... Like, they can get turned around easier. But it's very strange. Like, mm-hmm. some of these accounts yeah. are very odd. Yeah. So, Erica's going to tell you guys the stories. But I'm going to first, before we get into the crazy stories that Erica's going to haunt you with, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you a little bit about how <sighs> our government fucks up. <laughs> I'm interrupting you before. No, no, it's fine. 
because that you since you went more into that side of it, I mm-hmm. didn't. Maybe you can answer this for me. I heard that like the United States is one of the only places in the world that actually has like a national park system in Europe. There's no real thing as, like, a national park Hmm. where – how do I explain it? So, like, here, national parks are, like, technically more or less kind of owned by the public. And Hmm. in Europe, it's, like, the Duchess and hoo-ha of this own it. Or it's, like, royally (laughs) owned, you know what I mean? And, like, you can't really go on to a lot of these historical or national park kind of places that are, you know, maybe, like, in Ireland or wherever. Like, it's not – it's, like, kind of, like – for people who live in the United States, it's pretty like we're pretty lucky to even have them. Is so I'm looking this up because like while you were asking that, I was like, that is a very good question because I had no idea. According to Wikipedia, like we're spoiled is basically what I'm saying that we have <laughs> these and like you can visit them when you want. Uh, let's see. So apparently there is a list of national parks that I'm looking at uh, per nation as defined by the International Union for the Conservation of Nature. So it says nearly 100 countries around the world have lands classified as a national park by this definition. So there are other countries that do try to conserve nature by blocking off sections of land, but I don't know if that necessarily means that they also allow people to go in there. Yeah, I heard there's a, I think it might be on Netflix, a documentary about national parks. And I Ooh. think it might just be called National Parks. Well, then how the hell did we not watch that? Damn it. I just heard about it like two hours ago. Shoot. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's where I heard this part, like that we're kind of spoiled to be able to have parks to go into, hmm. you know, without a guide or without, any, you know, like you can just willy nilly it. <laughs> There are definitely other countries that have national parks, but I don't know, and including many countries in Europe, but I don't know what that means in terms of how, what it means. Yeah. yeah what that availability is to, for a person to just go wandering around. Yeah, me either. I want to look more into it and see if I can find this documentary. If okay. anyone's heard of it, let us know what it's called. Yeah. Because when I was, when I heard about it, they didn't say like much. really say what the name of it was, or maybe it is just national parks. I don't know. <laughs> That's what they made it sound like, but it seemed too obvious. <laughs> Hmm, okay. Well, I have a lot of random sources for this information, but this first cool. source, it's kind of funny. It's from a Vice article, and this is about our government and the management of the National Park System, or the NPS. So I'm just going to read this little bit. Yeah. After the attacks of September 11, 2001, the agency put out IMARS, Incident Management Analysis and Reporting System. Uh, it's digital database for incident and criminal reports into motion built by Lockheed Martin. It cost us $15 million, and by us, I mean taxpayers, (laughs) and it was meant to streamline crime Mm. reporting. Before this, records were kept in boxes on paper. Yay. Weird. Lockheed Martin? Yep. Lockheed Martin does- Like airplane people? Yeah, but they do a lot of defense contracting. Weird. Oh, yeah. So does Boeing. So does Raytheon. They're all right down here in LA near me. (laughs) I see them all the time. (laughs) Nuts, man. They've been around forever. When I used to do- um, military world war ii plane wreck microfish crashes i know i thought that was the coolest job ever i hate <laughs> that i mean they, yeah that's why I, I remember him my like boss talking about it a lot and like how they've been around a long time his wife worked for them oh like, that's so cool yeah i have friends that have worked for boeing but not lockheed i'm like i want to know more about lockheed martin weird i wonder <laughs> what else they do we'll probably never know probably not <laughs> damn it 
It's black budget stuff. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so it cost us $15 million. Everything before then was kept uh, on paper. And if somebody wanted to see a case file, a records clerk would have to sift through them. Yay. Wild. So, like, uh, that's insane. Like, what you just said <laughs> Up is... Up to 2001. If you need to look into somebody... <laughs> <laughs> and it's clearly important you Follow have that paper to trail. like literally <laughs> get red string and start thumbtacking things on walls to like understand what's going on <laughs> charlie day from always sunny <laughs> <laughs> for real like that is wild i get it if it's from like the 60s and previous yeah, sure. 2001 i'm sorry if i had to write a report on a computer uh our government could have figured that crap out and you know what sucks about this is like so <sighs> if somebody is writing these reports and whatnot then you're there's so much human error then also going oh, into them totally. making sure it even gets filed that it gets or filed into in the, the right, right file spot. and yep. What? And then once it is in that right spot, if that spot's in a box on a shelf, maybe that, if box, that box gets, gets moved in the wrong spot. <laughs> like, this is wild. These are people's family members and loved ones. Or somebody, and or somebody takes the file because they need to look at it and then they don't put it back in the right spot later. It's returned. Or, yeah, put back. I just, it's awful. It's very frustrating to my OCD. <laughs> Per a press release when the government was really proud of themselves, they said, when fully established, IMARS would enable all interior law enforcement agencies to use a common department-wide reporting and records management system that can provide secure, accurate, and reliable and timely law enforcement information necessary to more effectively carry out interior's public safety, homeland security, and resource protection missions. Today... IMARS is notoriously loathed by government staff. <laughs> it's mm. allegedly buggy and poorly made. It has a tendency to create duplicate entries. Hooray! And is tedious to search. <laughs> I guess the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has entirely refused to use it, saying it doesn't interface with other crime databases, which is terrible, because all that tells me is that the Department of the Interior can't communicate with like the NamUs program, so... Uh, anyway, anyway. It's truly insane because... I'm so aggravated by this. Why can't they put, like, aggregate all this together? I don't understand it. And all they have to do is flag it being like, okay, this person went missing in a national park. This person went missing in a city. This person yeah, went missing Yeah, I the mean, road. literally like- all you could do to just start, and it would be such a huge thing, is just like, oh, here's this person's name. Let's put it in this one and run it against it. Like, let's at least add this name to the database and say, hey, there's at least a file that exists. See this database to go find it. At least you know Mm -hmm. it's there. Yeah. You know, and then go back in and start putting in the details of the report. That would be huge. That would be so huge because then you could freaking search a name. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, at least then whomever is searching... If they saw like, whoa, this exists somewhere else, they're going to go find it then. Mm-hmm. Hire interns. Seriously. There's got to be people who need intern it's, hours. It's funny that you say that because what's his face? David Paul. Pol- I'm already forgetting his name, but 
the guy that we're going to talk mm, about later mm. specifically says hire interns to enter this information yeah. in. It would be very, very simple. Make it a college credit, high school credit, anything. Put it into an Excel spreadsheet. Easy. Like, I don't care how hire, you do like, it. Stay at home parents <laughs> who like want to make an extra like, I don't know, 10 bucks an hour doing like mindless data do, entry. Do, 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 do. Done. You would have a million people sign up for that. Seriously. So easy. Like fun bar money. When your kids being babysat, <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> so I guess an anonymous interior department law enforcement officer said to the uh, vice person, uh, said the whole system needs to be thrown into the digital dumpster and rebuilt. The technical side sucks and is less than intuitive, but the accountability is shoved onto street level supervisors to check that people are doing their jobs. None of it is automated. And adding to that, every park is its own special semi-autonomous fiefdom. In other words, each part can decide who will lead a missing person's case. If that ends up being local law enforcement, that's usually where records will be. So when Erica goes missing in Yosemite, I may need to talk to the Parks Department, the Department of the Interior, the Fed, the local law enforcement, <laughs> shit, even the CHP. Like, it could be anybody. And they'll be like, oh, well, you know, it's... Uh, there's no jurisdiction the, on any of yeah, this. Yeah, there really right. isn't. Like, nothing's defined. That's dumb. You know what I mean? Because all that takes is like, at least make it like for California, this is who does it. Like at least get like whoever the governor is, right? To be like, hey, look, we have 75 parks in California. I have no idea if that's true. And (laughs) we have a lot. Let's like make this uniform. So if somebody goes missing within one, this is who you call. Yeah. That should not be be hard. And you know what? Because it's so confusing, I'm sure the people who are trying to figure out if they're supposed to be the ones that are doing this would love to know, okay, I do do this. This is my yeah. job. Great. Yeah. I'll do it. I'm sure they would love to have some kind of defined job description instead of just like, oh, Yeah, I don't there's know. no, like, Ooh. sometimes rules are good. <laughs> like, <laughs> otherwise, you get a crazy snowball of bullshit that makes no mm-hmm. sense. And I guess also it's prohibitively onerous to see incident reports uh, like, you know, records and documents of accidents, injuries and fatalities in national parks that predate 2013. They said that once I asked for reports concerning geyser accidents at Yellowstone National Park and was told that it would require a, quote, hand search of records in multiple locations for all years prior to 2013. When the park transitioned to an online reporting system, said the uh, Freedom of Information Act officer. The Freedom of Information Act is, or the, the offices of the Freedom of Information, la la la, the uh, FOIA, they will give you answers like this if you're like, can I just have a list of the missing people in the United States National Parks? They will say this. Um, and this was sent to the person at, um, at Vice. Uh, thank you for contacting our office regarding our response to your FOIA request. Please know that we reached out to to and collaborated with other offices and bureaus, the Office of Law Enforcement and Security, Bureau of Land Management, and National Park Systems. According to the feedback we received, they do not track or maintain listings of missing persons. As a result of these efforts, it appears that local law enforcement may possibly maintain such databases for tracking purposes as the information you seek pertains to their respective jurisdictions. Uh, Please feel free to contact and or submit an FOIA request directly to the National Park Service, NPS, or any other bureau. 
So they're basically saying it's it's just shoving them from one department to the next because you yeah. know that as soon as you go to the local re- jurisdiction, they'd be like, oh, well, that happened in the National Park. That's up to the park, de- the parks department. Yeah. So imagine these poor families that are like, no one's listening. My kid went missing. Who do I contact? Do I call the president, the FBI? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're screwed. What do I do? And that's not what you should have to be thinking about if you have a loved one that goes missing. That's like, no. you know what I it's mean? You shouldn't be having to deal with this bullshit. I don't understand. No. I would I don't hate either. that if I worked within this. That's whole the same thing. shit that happens on like, um, a cruise ship, don't ever go on cruise ship, listeners, because those things, like when you're out to sea, they will try to brush anything that happens on the boat under the rug. No joke. Really? Because, yeah, because you're out, you're, it's international law. But even so, if still, you are, like, they just don't No, care. oh my God, they don't want to, they don't want to report on it. We should do a, a, an episode on it. It'll infuriate you to no end. They've covered up rapes, murders, suicides. I've like, heard you of name that. It. No, it's That's terrible. Awful. Don't go on cruises. <laughs> Plus, you'll probably get the coronavirus right now. So yeah, true. <laughs> don't do that either. <laughs> so anyway, do you want to talk about uh, David Politis or Politis? 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 Guys, this name is really hard. It doesn't make sense. Politis sounds correct. Can we call him like Biggie P or something? We'll just call him DP. DP. <laughs> this guy made David made well, let's call him this David. really yeah we'll just we'll call him David he made this really come to light because he made this like a like a passion project of his own and some people claim that he is just a like fear monger and um, a conspiracy theorist but I like him no I totally like him too and I think that despite some of the more iffy stuff that he may be talking about to some people, like some people don't like that he's written a book about Bigfoot or mm-hmm. several books and they're like, oh, well, blah, blah. It's like he's a former police yeah, I officer. I don't think that discredits him. I don't think Bigfoot should discredit a person. No, but he's written books and he's done research on all of these missing, on tons of missing people. Yeah, I mean, he's logged a lot of hours on this. Uh, yeah, he's got you like six or off. seven books called Missing 411. Um, he also has a series on, or not a series, it's a documentary. Yeah, I want to watch it. I haven't been able to watch, and I really want to. He does these disappearances in, he talks about disappearances in national parks. But the thing is, I want to just clarify before you get going yeah. into your stories, is that these... He discusses in his books, I think it's over like 1,400 different cases of disappearances that are not voluntary disappearances, like someone going off and just, you know, like, I don't want to be in this world anymore. Um, Anything that hints at an animal attack or human intervention, um, he will not include them in his books. Right. He's not thirsty for. (laughs) No, these are more of like really mysterious, kind of like who done it, how did this happen? kind of cases like they're really mysterious they're not obvious yeah and also when you get into the kind of numbers you're talking about like not every one of them can be straightforward right no. i mean i feel like statistically speaking some of these have to be fucking weird yeah well he was saying that it's something that he mentioned in this interview that i was listening to that liz turned me on to he said something along the lines of like when investigating like five missing persons cases you'll see like zero commonalities but when you investigate about five thousand you'll see that there are really really strange commonalities that happen between all of them mm-hmm. he spends a lot of time doing this and he talks to 
all of the families that he does, or, you know, as long as they're not really, really old cases, but as long as the family members are alive, he will try to talk to them and befriend them and whatever. I'm kind of convinced by this guy. After listening to him today, he doesn't sound like a kook. No. Anything, he just sounds he just sounds very frustrated at having to constantly defend what he's doing. Totally. <laughs> which, which he's probably I like, understand. man, I would never mention Bigfoot. <laughs> you know what? Seriously. I just think that's stupid. I mean... That's one thing. This is another thing entirely. <laughs> and like all the cryptid of all the cryptids, Bigfoot is not that weird. He's It's not that weird. I don't think so either. Like, I mean, like he's there are not definitely saying some that it's I think like, are pretty goofy, but that right. No it's not like he's saying like I believe in a creature that like has laser beam eyes and like looks like a cabbage. And- yeah, and like <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's he's a bipedal hairy thing that lives in the woods. That's not that weird. It's not. I don't think it's that weird. I don't think it's that There's weird. There's new things like species that are being discovered like every day not that weird like give him a little the shit that happens in florida way weirder and we know it happens so give this guy some slack jesus oh i love florida right me too we should go we should go miami we could stay with ashley i'm into it you go to disney world be great we can drink our way around the world in disney world Ooh, oh my god that didn't drink <laughs> oh but it's so hot there yeah that's why you gotta keep drinking okay <laughs> get one of those nice cold drinks <laughs> in that very expensive souvenir cup. <laughs> i was gonna say it's always gonna be in that stupid cup that i need to have mm-hmm. that's like 35 dollars mm-hmm. and you're like oh man the drink only has like half a shot in it <sighs> so upsetting it's true you gotta ask for more gotta get flasks so this is the more um spooky side of um this whole thing yeah all right so as liana said david last name will not be said he (laughs) um in his books talks about all these kind of more paranormal cases or strange Mm -hmm. and there's a few of them that i have and i really enjoy them did you read any of them? I've read some of them. And of course, in listening to his interview, I was he went over some. privy to a few. Okay. Yeah. Well, the first one is Lillian Carney. Okay. This, these are all so weird. I'll tell you when I get to the one that I mentioned earlier that was like really weirded me out. The story oh, yeah. is freaking weird. I don't like it. It made me feel <laughs> very, um, it made me feel like how I felt after I watched Hereditary. Oh, it was unsettling. God, I love that movie. <laughs> I love that. So, um, Lillian was from uh, Maine, which is fifteen or a town called Massardis. Massardis, I'm not sure, <laughs> which is 15 miles west of the uh, Canadian border and surrounded by lakes, yeah. rivers, ponds. She was only six, which is really no. sad. Don't like it. She went missing August 8th, and this is an older one, 1897 at noon. Oh, okay. Lillian and her parents went blueberry picking. Oh, so, that sounds awesome. I, right. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting about the blueberry thing and mm-hmm. what you were talking about, how he said there is commonalities when you start to get into like the thousands, like yeah. numbers. Blueberries is one of these things. Oh, so creepy. A lot of the people who go vanishing 
they were either eating blueberries or picking them or looking for them. He did say also that I remembered berries, but also time of year, certain oh, times of interesting. year. Oh, interesting. Blueberry so season? I imagine if you're, yeah, blueberry <laughs> season <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I think you're kind of crazy. Um, isn't that weird, though? That's, yeah, it's very creepy. Yeah, it it tripped me up a little bit when I read that. Is there a blueberry monster? Maybe. Maybe um, Bigfoot? Does he like blueberries? I don't know. He's like, oh, these kids like blueberries. I will lure them with blueberries. blueberries. <laughs> oh, I was about to make a correlation that you would not approve of. Huh. Never mind. Oh, okay. It involves it involves somebody that we don't talk about. Creepy alien. Mm, it's like lured it. with Reese's Pieces. I don't like it. I don't like that guy. <laughs> okay, carrying on. <laughs> <All right>. Blueberries. <laughs> so they went blueberry picking. They were there for a short amount of time. And the parents said she just vanished. Their six-year-old just vanished. <gasps> they searched for an hour, and then they got some people in the area to help. By the following morning, there were 200 people helping them search. Oh, that makes um, me so sad. David Polites, that's how I am going to go with, <laughs> said when uh, searchers are looking for someone, they call the person's name. That you know, obviously, like, Lillian, where are you? Like, say that they are their friend. You know, I'm not here to hurt you. I know your family. Mm-hmm. Like, all the things you're really supposed to not listen to if someone's trying to abduct you. Um, You know, and that they're there for help. So everyone who was searching for her was saying all these things. Mm-hmm. In his book, he said, when he's talking about this, he said searchers never got a response from the six-year-old. Because it's kind of you know weird if you've been lost for a day or two especially like once you get into day three and on especially a six-year-old they're gonna be really hungry they're gonna be cold scared they're lost like you would think you would be more inclined to be like yes yes me me i'm here i'm here (laughs) like get me yeah um but no response on Tuesday, around 300 residents were there to help search for her. And at 10 a.m., a guy named Bert Poland, he found her somewhere between two and three miles from where her parents last saw her. There wasn't much detail, but um, we know they found her and it was that far away. Maybe there are more okay. blueberries. While Lillian didn't say a lot, she was found alive. She made an interesting statement. This is a creepy ass kid statement. <laughs> <laughs> Will this make me regret wanting to have this? <laughs> These quotes are weird. <laughs> the sun shined all the time while I was in the woods. Oh. Weird thing to say. The weather like was stated in the news article as being partly cloudy. Why would it be sunny all the time? She spent two nights outside. Okay, so for half of this time, it's moon. Like, it's not <laughs> It's not sun shining, Lillian. Were you awake for three days straight? Weird. Why is it bright out? Um, The interviewer commented that she must have been referencing maybe something that she had read or heard and said while she described it as sunlight, maybe she was just, maybe she was dehydrated. Who knows? Maybe she didn't really mean (gasps) what she said. Um, He also said for the time period, you're not going to find an area you know, that has a lot of artificial bright lighting either that she could mistake fake lights for sunlight. Mm-hmm. So that one's creepy. <laughs> yeah. Not horrible creepy, but it is a little off-putting. Um, but before I actually go on to the really like creepy one. Okay. Did you read about how okay so there's like a whole entire like subset and there's like classes you can take and like books and things on lost person behavior 
No, I didn't know you could take classes on it, but I do know that lost person behavior is very strange. Yeah, so there's there's like an app for it to help you recognize it, okay? <laughs> like it's like a big old thing. Um, I need this app yeah. right now. <laughs> so what is it called? So kind of like how I mentioned Lillian said this creepy statement about the sun always shining for three days. Yeah. <laughs> so that could potentially have been a lost person behavior that she was displaying so there's a ton of them by the way the app is called lost person behavior and it's ten dollars oh my god wild that's expensive i feel like they try to make it free to help people out. right that's kind of strange um okay so like continue i won't read them all but like so someone goes missing like these are the questions you're supposed to ask like how far can someone travel in the amount of time um Where should we try to confine this, like, subject? How thoroughly should we search? What kind of clues to look for? How difficult will it be to detect them? And is it time to, like, when to call it quits? Like, those are kind of the things you talk about with your Mm -hmm. search group. But then you kind of go farther into it. Reactions to becoming lost, shock, disbelief, irrational or fearful thoughts, embarrassment, feeling of urgency to find familiar surroundings. That one's scary because when you feel desperate and urgent, like, or like an urgency, that's when sure. you make even more mistakes, you know, because you're like, get me out, get me out, get me out. I don't care. I want to go. But this if way. you're embarrassed, then you're like, don't find me because then it's going to be really embarrassing because you tried to oh, right? you found me and I did something dumb. It's uh-uh. strange. Um, behavior while lost, failure to make shelter or a fire, discarding equipment, disrobing. Yes. I thought people did that because they were, it's like that reverse hypothermia thing where they're like really cold, like they did at Dietlov Pass. Yeah, maybe made me think of that. Um, okay. Failure to respond to searchers, maybe because they're embarrassed. Maybe they don't think they're lost. Maybe they think they're hallucinating it. You don't know. Like, oh no, it's like a, a what's it called, a mirage, right? Yeah, like oasis <laughs> and shit. Yeah, like it's fake oh, no. <laughs> mirage. Um, failure to utilize travel aids. Um, so lost. If you're a lost person, strategies for getting unlost. Trail running, travel a straight line, direction sampling, view enhancement, employing folk wisdom, staying put. I like the folk wisdom one. Like moss is on this side of a tree maybe or something. I don't know. See, I would try to get up as high as possible to be like, where can I see landmarks if I can? I like that idea. And I like my main one is like follow stream, find a stream follow it mm-hmm. it's gonna go to the ocean eventually right <laughs> i would leave as much of a trail as possible like a human looking trail mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be obvious about your stuff i like that too so this is the part i wanted to talk about mm-hmm. so there's six lost person categories one is small okay. children which is All one right. to six children six to twelve is another hunters hikers uh over 65 and miscellaneous which is berry pickers <gasps> weird so they weird. list that because that this so has specific. nothing to do with the guy who wrote these missing 411 books this is this group of mountaineer lost person behavior group. i'm sorry berry berries grow on bushes they don't grow on trees so it's not like you can get lost in a berry bush you can't i don't know dude it's weird photographers mm. bird watchers and just general outdoor enthusiasts oh, no i know i like birds <laughs> Um, <laughs> so if the missing person is a child from one to three, they are going to be unaware that they're lost. They don't even know they're lost. Yeah. They oh. aimlessly wandering around. 
They're just trying to look for somewhere to sleep and hang out and lie down because they're tired. Or play or right. something. They're or play for a bit, then they're tired. Yes, and they're super hard to find. Um, they will usually seek shelter in bad weather. When you get to four to six years old, they go a little bit farther because they're a little bit older. They can walk better. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll try to go somewhere familiar. Um, they're very drawn away by animals, which is so sweet. <laughs> oh, that would be me. Yeah. And, but they also avoid strangers because they're taught to do so. Mm-hmm. So when they hear people yelling, it's, they're like, oh, I don't know. Um, children seven to oh, 12, so they're better because they construct mental maps of their environment. So they'll know uh-huh. if, hey, I've seen this before kind of a thing. Um, sure. They usually get lost because they take a shortcut. Which is funny. <laughs> I always wanted to run ahead of my parents. I'm yep. shocked that I never became one of these statistics. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> they become upset and confused when lost because um, they realize they're lost on, like, the little two-year-old. Um, they may act more maturely if accompanied by a friend or sibling, which is very sweet. Mm, um, okay. A 13- to 15-year-old frequently become lost in a group of two or more because they, like, got to have their friends with them. Hell, Yeah. <laughs> When in groups, they don't really travel that far because they're more lazy. (laughs) Um, They usually respond to people calling for them. um, And they often resort to direction sampling, looking for some familiar place or landmark. Okay. So hunters concentrate on game, not where they're going. So that's why they could get lost. They tend to overexert themselves (laughs) into darkness. So they're like, shit, it's nightfall and I don't know where I am. I've been focusing on this deer for too long. <laughs> what time is it? No. <laughs> they usually respond to a signal from searchers. Um, they may mm-hmm. go to Great Lakes to walk out of the woods unassisted. <laughs> so probably embarrassed also. Um, the typical hunter will usually attempt shelter and walk out at daybreak. So they'll just pack up. Because, I mean, that makes sense, too. They probably have snacks on them. Fishermen yep. um, become lost traveling to or from their fishing site. <laughs> Oh, boat no. fishermen become lost trying to find a spot to launch their boat or land after dark in a place they don't know where they are. And drowning is a big possibility for them. So fishermen are usually the ones that drown because there's alcohol involved usually too when they're fishing. Not good. That's why you should always wear a life vest. Even if you're like, I'm the strongest swimmer ever. Like, I don't care. I'm a really strong fucking swimmer. And on a boat, I still wear a life vest because I like to drink when I'm on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, but um i mean they go on forever there's hikers that's another category skiers please talk about the hikers and the skiers please okay because those are my family uh, hikers <laughs> so are, i can yell at them trail oriented obviously become lost by obscure trails or confusing paths that intersect so they think they're on Stay the right one on the main trail and it's not um tend to travel great distances because they're on a trail and then they Realized too far in, this isn't actually the trail I thought it was on. Often less prepared and woods-wise than hunters and fishermen. Mm-hmm. So, which makes sense. Like, you're going to be in, like, athleisure on a hike. And whereas, like, a, you know, a hunter might have, like, a coat with him and, like, a pack yeah. and whatever. A okay, knife. pause for a second. What you're saying is stressing me out because my mom, my aunt, and my uncle just came back from Mammoth this weekend, and <laughs> it's not been snowing, and it's been like, or it might have been snowing since they left, but they basically had to stop skiing because the snow was shit, and they, so they were like, oh, let's go hiking. 
Oh my god. But they were hiking in places that like aren't marked really. Not really marked. There's no they were specifically laughing about how an ambulance and no people would ever be able to find them or get there. And it was getting dark. And my uncle happened upon this girl that was sitting down because she was tired and he was like, You need to keep moving because it's getting dark. See? There like, you go. Oh my That's- god. Ah <laughs> That's somebody. <laughs> Oh, that's upsetting. Okay. I know. Skiers, mostly young and in fairly good, like, physical condition. Mm-hmm. Usually well-equipped. Most become lost because they took the wrong route or misjudged time and distance. Maybe immobile by injury and vulnerable to hypothermia. Usually highly detectable against the snow. So, yeah, that's a plus, I guess. Usually. But I've seen snowboarders that decide that they want to be really cool and wear all white. Well, yes, they look like a Bond villain. It's terrifying because you can't see them coming. I didn't even think about that. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nope. I want to be blinking. (laughs) I wear bright colors and it's almost kind of obnoxious. I I like it. Approve. Um, (laughs) Climbers usually are well-equipped and self-sufficient, tend to remain on or near designated route. A common factor for missing climbers is weather. Or hazardous conditions. Mm -hmm. Falling debris, avalanches are usually factors. So So, really quick before you say whatever you're going to say is the mm -hmm. miscellaneous part, which is berry pickers, nature, photographers, (laughs) and rock hounds. Many are inadequately equipped or clothed, frequently found near natural boundaries like rivers, lakes. Um, Many found away from trails depending on the nature of the activity, which they Hmm. may have been involved with. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Well, something that uh, David was saying in his thing, he was like, look, I'm not saying don't go into the forest and don't go into nature. But he was like, if you do, do these simple things. Um, If you want to go out into the wilderness, check the weather first. That's like the number one thing you should be doing. Check the weather. Is it going to be shitty? Is it going to be okay? Make your decision based upon that. Um, Keep food and water on yourself at all times. Never go alone or at least tell someone where you're planning on going and for how long and when you plan Mm, on leaving and coming back. And then check in when you come back. If you want to carry protection, if you legally can do that, great. Like condoms? Um, (laughs) Always be safe. (laughs) But also, if you can afford it and you, you know, if you're going into the woods, it's like between 100 and 300 bucks. If you carry a personal locator transponder, like an emergency thing. It's basically like a... Activate the beacon. Panic. Yep. You activate the beacon. It sends... It basically sends a message to a satellite, sends a message to the NOAA, which sends a message to local law enforcement to say, go look for this idiot. And he was saying that everybody that's ever activated theirs, I think there's only one person that he's heard of that has been found dead after doing that. Oh, but okay. everybody but else found was him. found alive. But yeah, they found him. Because so many people just go missing without a trace. Need one of those, uh, was it LifeLock? Remember those infomercials where they fall down and they can't get up? (laughs) That's not LifeLock. That's your personal information that you keep secret. Uh, then once it call, it's something like that. I love. What is it? I know what it is. I know. I love those. It's like a necklace. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I want one. Fallen and I can't get up. (laughs) (laughs) How shoes fell makes no sense. (laughs) <laughs> no one falls bent like that that's insane huh her, she's like at weird right angles all of her <laughs> arms and legs it's so stupid <laughs> i love it 
Oh shit! I forgot what I was gonna say. I don't I know. It's my fault. You Whatever. Me. You can think of it while I read about John Doe. Okay. Mm, <laughs> John Doe is a three-year-old boy who is missing near wow near Mount Shasta at six thirty okay. p.m. and was found later at eleven thirty p.m. This is how he recounted Wait. his missing time. Only he a few is hours. Is John Doe still? I yeah, that's uh, I'm, maybe because he's a minor. What? I don't know. Don't ask me. Did the parents just abandon him there. That's so messed up. Okay, that Sorry, is really weird. That's well. Maybe, I don't know. Okay, sorry, continue. I'm trying, hold on. There we go. Okay, so <laughs> okay. he tells a story that he is taken into a cave that he thinks is underground. He says he knows it is a dark outside. Wait, he says he knows it is dark outside, but when in the cave, he said, I could see the entrance and it's light outside. Who took him into the cave? I think he took himself in. He got <laughs> lost. <laughs> oh, no. Um. He said That's the embarrassment coming yeah, out. <laughs> little three-year-old. <laughs> he said he is with a woman who looks like his grandmother, and he thought it Aww. was his grandmother. Ghost. Ooh, ghost grandma. In the cave, he saw other things that look like people, but they are robots that aren't moving. What? After a while, he figures out the woman is not grandma. Uh, oh, yeah. Creepy, even though she is nice and polite with him. He concludes she's a robot. He said there are some unusual lights coming from her head. Oh, God. I don't like that. that. She's I don't like it. She started to get pushy, took out some sticky paper, wait for it and put it on the ground and asked him to defecate onto it. So she's like, poop on this flypaper? Yeah. Here's this (laughs) post-it note. Poop on it. I need sample. He said he didn't have to go, and she got mad. He said he saw small guns and things around the perimeter of the cave and that they had dust on them. End scene. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. You just made me, like, snort inwardly. I'm so (laughs) aggravated by this story. What? I'll Wait, just let that settle what in. Sto- where, where, what park is this at? Mount Shasta. And where was he found? I don't know. But he was gone three hours, and that's what happened during his missing time period. <laughs> I guess maybe they gave him a John Doe name to protect his name, protect his identity. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, what the fuck? I don't like it. I don't like the detail of guns having dust on them around the perimeter. Yeah. Was he? Did he go back in time? Dude, and I don't like that this robot grandma wanted a poo sample. (laughs) (laughs) That is weird. She's like, I need your poo sample for DNA for myself. What? (laughs) My collection. Why? (laughs) Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't like it. It's funny that you mentioned caves, though, because I remembered what I was going to say is uh, Liz told me to look at the maps of the missing persons and the strange situations like what we talked about, Mm -hmm. how it's like not voluntary not animal attack not anything like that uh, versus the cave systems in the united states mm-hmm. well the uh, karst is a term that's used to describe the distinctive surfaces surface landscapes of cave country well so many of the mysterious disappearances correlate either with water or cave system areas weird and it's very spooky and 
I just thought I'd share that because I was looking at the maps and there's like this big section in the middle of the United States where these missing people are not. Like North Dakota is almost 100% untouched. South Dakota, part big chunk of Montana, Wyoming, Nebraska, even some of Colorado. But there's like this big like middle section of the United States that is not touched by these mysterious disappearances. It's like all on the West Coast and all on the East Coast. What? Centralized around Yosemite, um, Yellowstone, and like the uh, Mammoth Cave system that's in um, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee area. It's very spoopy. I no like. I don't. I don't like caves. I really, I really like hate caves. They freak me out. They have champagne in them. Well, <laughs> I even still then, don't like it. Gotta be wasted <laughs> to go to get in. Yeah, and I gotta say, I got kind of by the entrance. <laughs> I need to still see light and have fresh air. Yep. I need to feel breeze on my back. <laughs> but you know what's funny is there is a cave that apparently is right near Sean's parents, like within 20, 30 minutes, that is apparently haunted. And I really want to go, but I'm like, I... Oh my god, that's awesome. It's also a cave. It, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to have like a cave monster in it. What? I will explode. Like a swamp monster. I will see Robot Grandma and end up pooping on things. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the... I don't want to be that version of me. Post, poop on a post-it? <laughs> I don't. That was very intrusive. It's very specific. I don't like it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like crying as I poop on it. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Stephen Kubacki. Kubacki. All right. I think that's his name. This is the next guy. The case of Stephen who went missing for 15 months then woke up in a field wearing different clothes. And Stop. Weird. In February what? 1978, Stephen, a student at the time learning German, went missing in the Michigan area in the U.S. of A., an area known as the Great Lakes Triangle, which is written about in a book by Jake Gorley that talks about the disappearances of hundreds of ships, boats, aircrafts. That I think also have weird circumstances that go on with it in this area. I'm adding weird. that to our wheel right? spooky. <laughs> um, Steven said he was going to go skiing. They found his skis and his poles on the bench of the Lake Michigan uh, shore, I guess, um, like right along the beach and footprints on the ice leading up to the lake. They flew over it. The footprints appeared to stop. They found his backpack in the same general area. In May 5th, 1979, 15 months later, Stephen walked up to his father's door and said he didn't remember much. He woke up in <sighs> Pittsfield, 40 miles away from his father's house, lying in a meadow wearing clothes that were not his. He had a small satchel beside him with maps, also not his maps, where he woke up was 700 miles away from Lake Michigan, where his footprints disappeared. So you went on a 15-month bender? And, Weird. Uh, in space? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reporters asked him if he could talk to someone. He said he didn't need to because he didn't have any psychological problems. After 1983, Stephen got a master's in linguistics and a PhD in clinical psychology. Um, people like Polides or Politas, whatever, got in touch with him. Mm -hmm. But this guy did not want to talk to him. No emails, nothing returned. Wow. Wow. Weird. Okay. So I don't like that. That's creepy. No. I'm going to ignore it. <sighs> this... <laughs> <laughs> that's how I live my life. Um, <laughs> it's really healthy. This is the story 
that weirded me out. Okay. Maybe we should end on this one. I don't know how long we've been okay. talking, but it's kind of long. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Go for it. But it is so worth it. It is so heebie-jeebie. It's so gross. All right. Okay. So it's called, I believe I was almost snatched. Here's what happened. Ooh. This isn't on Reddit, right? This was two years ago. Um, The story has been posted on it, but it's also mm-hmm. in this guy's book that we've been talking oh, okay. about. Like, okay. All right. Okay. So it's not just like. Yeah. I think if it's been posted, it's probably been like reposted maybe. Got it. But okay. it's a real right. thing. Okay. In my world, it is real. I had a very strange experience 12 years ago in Starved Rock State Park, Illinois. It was so bizarre at the time. I never discussed it. I began reading the missing 411 books. Okay, so he read them and then, because I know this guy has later interviewed him. Um, He read these books and these stories a few weeks ago and this person realized what they had encountered fits into kind of this weird phenomenon um, additionally, okay. since many of the missing 411 stories border on the unexplainable and the bizarre, I feel what I encountered was not unique, and that is part of an actual phenomenon. So here's my story. Okay. Ooh, creepy. I know. It's already creepy to me. Uh, <laughs> nothing happened. I was visiting my girlfriend <laughs> in Chicago. On a sunny and calm winter day, we decided to go for a hike at Starved Rock State, State Park, Illinois. <laughs> Starved Rock. Okay, I am an avid hiker and being on leave from my rack, I wanted to take in some cool, fresh air. We hiked the park for several hours. In the late afternoon, we started heading back to the car. (laughs) About a half mile away. Do it before the late afternoon. (laughs) About a half mile away from the parking lot, we came into an area where tree branches were broken and pulled towards or over the trail. Most of the branches were broken high up. I'd say eight feet and more off the ground. I'd lived in Washington before going to Iraq and knew something of Sasquatch areas. So as I was oh reading boy. this earlier, I was like, oh, this isn't scary. It's just, it's Bigfoot. It's cool. Hmm. So I told the girlfriend it looked like a Squatch area due to the branches broken off <laughs> up high and pulled over the trail. That's about the time things started to get strange. Hmm. Soon after mentioning this, I felt like something was staring at me. It's no. It's like if you go in a room with a lot of people and someone is focused on you, you get that uneasy feeling and can tell you're being watched. It was like this, but stronger. I started to look around to see who was watching me. It was winter, and the forest was visible hundreds of feet in all directions. There was a group of walkers several hundred feet behind us and no one in front of us, but I saw no one staring at me. So as we passed through the Squatch, quotes, area, I began to have the feeling someone was behind me, following us. I looked around and listened, but saw and heard nothing. There was just the people 400 feet or so back on the trail, and they were talking amongst themselves. They weren't looking our way. The sense of someone being behind me was persistent, so I kept looking behind me, I'd say twice a minute, but there was just the group way back. The feeling of being watched is one thing, but feeling like someone is close behind you is something else. It is more disturbing. I told my girlfriend to go further in front of me and let her go on about 20 feet in front because I had a strong sensation of a presence just behind us. So he's like creeped out and wants you to go ahead so I can see you and like have a buffer time if somebody rushes Mm -hmm. me. So I turn around not more than 30 seconds since the last time I look back and there is this woman there. She was walking but coming up on me fast 
There was something Mm. way off about her speed. She was walking when I spotted her, but her speed was much faster than her gait. It was if she was so creepy. I know it's creepy. It was as if she was on a people mover escalator. No, like in an airport. I I understood it already. I didn't like that. No, (laughs) no, no. She was coming up fast and was, I'd say, no more than fifteen or twenty feet behind me when I saw her. I was rather alarmed and glared at her. She stopped when our eyes met. I gave her a look like, what the fuck are you doing coming up on me like that? We stood there staring at each other. Neither of us moved. She had her head cocked back to her left and looked at me from the corner of her eyes in a slightly alarmed, you caught me type of look. She was completely normal again, like a Chicago lady, late 50s, wearing a bright red winter coat, gloves, slacks, etc. In hindsight, there are a few other things besides her speed which stand out. The first thing is there was no sound, no footsteps, no rustling in the woods, nothing to tell me to turn around other than the strong sense of something behind me, which I had had for a bit. At the speed she was moving, she would have had to have been running hard, but I heard no footsteps. She was breathing, sorry, she was not breathing hard, and her mouth was closed. Her gait was a walking gait. She was not running. However, she was moving towards me at a running speed. I mean, fast. I I hate it. When she's don't don't like that. It's creepers. No, 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 no. That's like, that's like dream movement, yeah, which I don't it's not like. Cool. When, oh, I don't it's like cool. that. Oh, when she stopped, I'd say she was less than 20 feet from me. At the speed she was moving, in one or two seconds, she could have been on me. The next thing, thing that stands out is her features. She had no distinguishing features, none in her hair, skin, or clothing. No shadowing or skin hues, dimples. As a former army criminal investigator, I know how to look for distinctive markings on people and their clothing. There were none. I'd estimate her height was 5'10". Her clothes were of uniform coloring and indistinct. It was like she just stepped out of a department store. Her bright red coat was pristine with a uniform hue to it. There wasn't even shading, which there should have been giving, given the clear sky and low sun. After staring at each other, I'd say maybe 5 or 10 seconds, I felt like I got my point across, so I turned around and continued walking, which is insane to me he ever turned around while she was still I there. I would never turn I my back backwards. on this person. Ew. Oh, not okay. No. The girlfriend no. had not noticed anything and had continued walking. What? I know. What? I took oh. about three steps and realized there was no way she could have come up from that group in 30 seconds or so um, since I looked back last. There was also mm-hmm. nowhere to come from on either side because visibility at that point was hundreds of feet all around. I said to myself, no way, and spun back around. <laughs> she was gone vanished i checked the group behind us and no one had on a red coat or was looking at us there was no one else around and there had been no sounds other than my foot falls the woman just vanished no i don't like it from that point it took us about 10 minutes to reach the car for the remainder of the walk i did not feel like i was being stared at or followed i have never been back to starved rock state park and have no intention (laughs) of going back The the whole thing was so bizarre. How was I supposed to tell anyone about this? So I never have. My mental state was fine. I have a high IQ and a 20-year career in in a STEM field following my army service. At the time, I was working a, I don't know, DOD IT contract in Iraq. It was well, I was well rested and relaxed being on vacation with the girlfriend. There were no drugs or alcohol involved. These are strictly prohibited in my line of work and were grounds for immediate termination under MN. FI's 
SGO1, which I was subject to at the time. No idea. I've carried. I'm assuming that's probably a drug test. <laughs> yeah. I've carried this experience around for 12 plus years, being unable to talk about it because it was so exceptional and unexplainable. It's a relief to read similar stories of unusual encounters and disappearances. After reading many of the 411 accounts and the profile of disappearances, I believe I nearly avoided being snatched by whatever that thing was. I do not think it was the woman I saw. I think it was something different, which I could not see. Hmm. I don't like it. Um, one of the comments, which I kind of think is interesting, was, whoa, okay. this woman seems like a cloaking device. This is really, really weird. In the days and weeks that followed, did anything else happen that you found strange? Um... And then he said, no, I experienced nothing like that before or since. And then someone else said, strange, I thought the same thing as soon as they stated he was working this contract. If this is a 12 plus year old story and considering the sensitive nature of his line of work, you can't rule out the possibility of him being monitored at that time. National parks are even to this day dead zones with no cell service, no persistent means of surveillance. 12 years ago, especially post 9-11, I'm sure everyone and anyone working within this kind of field was being watched. Just a thought don't like that she never said anything and i Mm-mm. don't like that she bugged out once she like caught her i don't like the i don't know how he described it like but the slow walk but fast movement i imagine it like the lady from mars attacks the alien oh my god exactly but speed when it she's up like and she like hunches her shoulders and wiggles up behind him that is exactly what i imagined oh i don't like that i don't either it weirded me out Another person said, I wonder if she acquired her clothes from her previous victim. Thanks for that anonymous person. (laughs) Other people think, yeah, they were, it was like a, maybe like an alien or something weird and it was cloaking and that's why it like came off funny because it can move fast, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't like that. Uncanny Valley, like robot style, but it was something else in that. Maybe she was going to drag him off into a cave and make him poop on a post-it. Oh, probably. Maybe it was Grandma Robot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought that this was a really interesting subject and one that I kind of want to hit again at another point in time and share more stories because there are so many stories of these poor missing people that have either never been found or that experienced creepy crap. Um, I really want to buy the missing 411 books because there's like seven of them or something there's a few they're not cheap so i'm kind of like oh but they're like 25 bucks each and there's one that's like 70 bucks or something crazy and i'm like why but um i find his books to be interesting because they're what he was saying in his interview was that he was like i just report on the facts so he doesn't try to put any reason for um, these people going missing, like he doesn't talk about Bigfoot, he doesn't talk about aliens, he doesn't talk about portals or anything like that. He's just reporting on the weird phenomenon of these missing people and like the suspicious circumstances that don't lead up to anything concrete. And I really like that. One of our uh, Instagram friends messaged us or sent us a comment or something saying like, hey, check out my thing. I... Uh, my website, I did like a review of his book and I guess they were really, it's uh, from chazofthedead.com. He wasn't very impressed by the book that he read. Uh, it was, I think it was the first one because the first book didn't really have any um, source material mm. that he was looking for. 
Um, so that really concerned him. Then again, <laughs> and from the interview, he was like, I cite all of my sources. So I'm kind of like, maybe later in his other books he does. In his first book, he just kind of sucked because he is self-published. Oh, wow. Okay. So, There's something to be said for that then. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not saying that if you self-publish, your book oh, sucks. Oh, yeah. No, but it's hard when you're trying to just self-publish. It's <laughs> you're like, oh, I just got to get my stuff out there. So, you know, take it as you will. But I'm I find this very interesting and I appreciate that David is trying to get people to look at this. Yeah, it was um, a lot of man as, hours. This is his life. It's kind of his life's work. Why? To just lie and make it a hoax. That's stupid. And to give people false hope. Like it's yeah, it's these people's lives. Like their their families are yeah are missing their loved ones. And actually this woman named Heidi Streetman made a uh, petition, the petition site.com to make the interior to make the Department of the Interior accountable for missing for persons missing in our national parks and forests and she hasn't even met her 11,000 person goal. So, I'm going to sign it. Oh, and man. I think I'm I think Send I'm going to me. put this I'm going to put this in our um website or our episode description because if you guys feel like this is important, you should sign it because I think it's really important. I have so many more stories. I think I want to save them for Patreon. There's like two or three more that are also very very weird a lot of these people are military too which i'm like he said that there were military people and he also uh david said that there was a very interesting thing that there are a lot of german people that have gone missing in the national forests, and that there are a lot of german physicists that have also gone missing in the national forests that's very specific yes along with berry pickers so (laughs) yikes if you're german and a physicist and you like berries do not go to a park. <laughs> Jesus. Stay home. Don't. Jeez. <laughs> or get one of those beacon things, please. Yeah. So And a GoPro. Anyway. Have it on at all times. Live feeding to <laughs> 10 people you know. Streaming to everybody. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's all I got. Uh, do you want to spin the wheel yeah. for next week? I'm really oh. excited to redo these other stories on Patreon. Oh, man. So if you guys want to join us, uh, patreon.com. Uh, look for Nightgeist. You can go on the app. Also, I mean, you can find our episodes for like $2 a month. And uh, we have over 30 available right now. Yep. Currently, Liz is telling me that she's catching up. She's on like episode two. Ah, she's I like, oh, it. my God, I have so much. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. All right. Say the thing. Play that ditty. excited what is what is bell witch what is the bell witch she's a meme mofo that we barely talked about in an episode of i don't remember what the episode was about she there's movies on her like oh so i need to watch some movies some bad movies oh, yeah. that no, are probably... i think what is the movie i want to say it's a james wan movie oh let's see I think they maybe it's in the conjuring they taught they base part of it off of her I don't oh. know but she's a really creepy entity a creepy beepy uh-huh <laughs> and we should go to the cave oh there's a cave yeah 
I'm not interested if there's a cave this, involved. We've just discussed why caves are terrible. This cave. <laughs> I fuck this. I'm not going. So we're safe from her. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we'll never have to worry because we're not going in that damn cave. Oh, hey, girl. Oh. Hey, girl over there in that cave. I don't mm-hmm. to say hi. I'll throw tennis balls in there at you. <laughs> <laughs> She'll throw them back out. I'm not interested in seeing me. that either. Just hang nope. out there, get drunk, like, 20 feet away from the entrance. Like, super <laughs> casual. <laughs> What's up, Bella? Set, set up some lawn chairs yeah. and just kind of she, like, throw stuff at the cave. She, like, listen to really <laughs> shitty music. <laughs> no, we'll just blast Deftones into the cave. <laughs> you hear finally her go, like, shut up. <laughs> What's I wrong will with never you? haunt people again if you just leave. You, Please. Did you ever watch, um, I haven't seen it in so long, uh, The Station Agent? Oh, what? It's Why does it sound so familiar? With, um, so. Why am I blanking on everything? It's with, um, I love him so much. He, ugh, it's got two, three really good act. Peter Dinklage is in it. Um, oh, I love him. Me too. And then um, another dude, I'm blanking on his name. He's married to Rose Byrne. They're in it. Um, and do, do, he, do, Peter do. Dinklage, just like super wants to be left alone. And the other actor's name I can't think of. He doesn't have a lot of friends and he's bored and he like wants to <laughs> hang out with him. And he's like a train station agent. So he's just hanging out, Peter Dinklage. And this guy drives him nuts. Even though he's really sweet and kind. So in my head, I'm imagining us like him with the Bell Witch. <laughs> it's like, why can't you just leave? I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah, but no. you don't mean it. <laughs> like, you don't mean Bell Witch? That would, that would be me. I would do that. Oh, I love. Did you ever see the original Death at a Funeral? The best. Oh, my God. That movie is so funny. I think I was actually crying. I was laughing so that hard. It's a good time. It's such a good time. Yeah, real if good you guys time. have never seen the original one that came out literally a year after the remake or a year before the remake, which made no sense to I me. Know, I know. That was, was too like, fast. I was like, that's odd. Yeah. Give it a little time. But anyway. I watched amazing. both. Both were good, but it was just weird. That's a fast yeah. turnaround. That's, that's, that's too quick. Yeah. You got to give it a little bit of, a <laughs> little bit of space. <laughs> just, just a couple beats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, cool. So next week we'll talk about how we'll annoy the Bell Witch by not going in her cave. <laughs> but oh, that's so gross! Hanging out uh, right outside. Uh, <laughs> we won't go in her cave. No. Oh my god. No. Uh, that's inappropriate. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else to add? Um, <laughs> no. I mean, this topic is crazy. I I honestly look at this topic as something like. Maybe I can contact David Politis. Politis? We should learn his Polides. name first. Yeah, I should probably learn his name Davey first. Davey P, what's up? <laughs> and be like, hi, do you need assistance in researching stuff? Because I'm really interested in this. Like, it's his passion project. And to me, this is one of the most interesting things. And sad. Yeah. Not going to take away from that. It's very sad, very upsetting. But if we could help bring a little bit of closure to these families, I cool. would. I'd love to yeah, be, be very, very happy about that. Yeah, I guess my final thoughts are don't go hiking alone. <laughs> don't go unprepared. Don't go, don't off go wandering trail. off. Don't go off wandering. Isn't that a song? If you have a like a seven year old or below, put a long leash on them. 
I was going to say, nobody will judge you. Leash that kid. If you, if you put a leash on your kid in a national it's park. It's so much easier. We will never judge you. In fact, if I ever see somebody with a leash on their kid in a national park, I will them. personally go up and high five them. Exactly. Like you care. I will go up and be like, you don't hey, want man. Kid run off and you also want to be able to use your hands. <laughs> Seems logical. Oh, do the leash attached to your bri- your waist or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Then I can open my drinks <laughs> and have some snacks. <laughs> I need a dip in hand. <laughs> I dip my pretzels. In my hummus. Delicious. I was just about to say, give me some hummus. Mm. Hummus. Hummus. <laughs> All right, guys. Join us next week when we talk about the Bow Watch. No, Bow Watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the Night Guys podcast. I'm Liana. I'm Erica. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.